please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I am Kate Borslan. And I am John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hello, Kate. Hello, John. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You're welcome for asking. So, Kate, question. Answer. How do you feel about a good deal? Let me tell you. Okay. She has thoughts. I love one. Uh-huh. There are some stores that I refuse to shop full price at. Right. Like, if I'm going clothes shopping at, for example... We don't want to forestall any future sponsors of this podcast, so we'll bleep all these out. <laughs> at bleep. <laughs> you did the work for the producer. Thank you. <laughs> Anything to make our producer's life easier. Right. Um, like if I will not shop unless I have some kind of some kind of sale or a coupon code. I love it. Nothing makes me happier. That's a lie. Other things probably make me happier, but right. in general, I'm very pro saving money. That's fair. My parents have been known to go to multiple grocery stores on the same day just for discounted Diet Cokes. So I come by my love for a good deal naturally, I think. Agreed. Oh. Glad uh, you agree. Thank agreed. you. Agreed. So today, spring is right around the corner. That it is. And as more and more houses pop on the market, as they do, the spring market is coming. The best time of year to put to find a house. Everyone wants to sell their house in the spring. Right. Uh, we wanted to discuss the perhaps not so elusive full price offer. That's right. As the market heats up, much like the weather, and with historically low inventory, that means that offers become increasingly competitive. And the trend towards meeting or even exceeding the asking price. So based on Virginia Realtors' research and analysis from our economist, we know that in 2018, the average sales-to-list price ratio for all sales statewide was 97.9%. That sounds so impressive, right? It really does. Also, shout out to Dr. Lisa Sturdivant, who is awesome. our economist and mm -hmm. also awesome. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, she's awesome. She is awesome, but she has a name. She has a name, Kate. So, <laughs> oh, that took a turn. It did. So, what do those numbers mean exactly? I'll tell you because I asked Lisa. Good. <laughs> Although I did major in economics in college, but yeah, you that keep was bringing that up. I just wanted to kind of flex my my knowledge. It's <laughs> a weird flex, but all right, we'll take it. Yeah. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. So the sales to list price ratio is a measurement for how close the list price, clo how close to the list price a house is sold. A greater, the higher the ratio, kind of the more indicative that the house sold closer to or above list price. So a ratio greater than 100% indicates that the sales prices have tended to be higher than list prices. Got it. So that means, according to the stats you just gave us, in 2018, on average, houses in Virginia sold for 97.9% of list price. So very close to 100. Very close to list price, Not right. quite there. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, this is a statewide statistic. So the local sales to list ratio in your area may be and is very likely going to be different. Does this mean that sellers can expect to get their asking price? 
No, not really, because it's not quite that simple. So let's unpack it just a little bit more. As you agents know, a lot of analysis goes into even deciding on the appropriate number to put on a listing price for a house. You look at the location, property acreage, house square footage, room types, finishing features, and of course, recent comps from other similar houses that have been sold in the area. So you make that analysis and provide a price recommendation and then get the seller's buy-in for the list price. And as you know, they may take your research and insist upon a higher price, right? That's what most, well, I don't want to say most, but some sellers can be more demanding than others and obviously want to profit off of the sale of their house. Right. And then once you settle on that list price, get your um, listing agreement signed, if that's necessary, guys, um, then you go and list the house in your MLS, right? You want to make sure you have that listing agreement. But Kate, he exclaimed, what does that all mean? <laughs> It means that you're inviting other people to submit offers consistent with the terms and conditions that you put forth in the MLS. What does that not mean? It does not mean that your seller is obligated to accept an offer that matches those terms. Why is that? And why am I asking so many questions? <laughs> so that we can move this forward and convey information to our listeners. That's what you call structuring a narrative. <laughs> That's, that's some free advice for you. Yeah, that cost a thing. <laughs> First of all, all offers are not created equal, even if the sales price is the same. Think about it. Is that confusing? Maybe not, but maybe. Uh, so you want to consider how types of financing, so that could be cash, conventional loan, FHA loan, or VA loan, closing date, closing costs, contingencies, such as financing, home inspection, home sale contingency, Rent back periods can all change either the actual monetary value of the offer or the practical effects of the offer. For example, a cash offer with no contingencies seems objectively more attractive than an offer for the same or even higher amount with multiple contingencies and an FHA loan, which has more stringent financing requirements. Now, I have several friends who've bought a house relatively recently, and they lost out on several other properties where they put in a full price offer, but they lost to people who had all cash offers. So that really does make a difference. You know what's, what also, I had similar experience where I know that our offer for our house was not the highest, but for whatever reason, our offer was ultimately more attractive. So we were selected as the buyers. And if you want to hear another thing that may set your offer as a buyer apart from others, check out the podcast we released on Valentine's Day or the day before titled, to all the houses I've loved before. All about love layers to houses. We didn't write one of those, though. We didn't, You did not write a love layer to the house? I didn't. You know, it was a foreclosure, so I didn't think it was really going to get us far. Love is dead in this country. <laughs> uh, so all of the factors that Kate talked about influence whether or not a seller would want to accept an offer, and they may skew sellers toward a lower price offer if it means they have more certainty in terms of making it to the closing table. One value you have as a realtor is helping your sellers to understand the difference between these types of offers and helping your buyers to understand that their full price offer may still not be as attractive as another offer depending on the additional terms and conditions their offer contains. Now, in a very competitive market, you will often see buyers add escalation clauses to their offers. 
John, what exactly is an escalation clause? It lets the buyer or potential buyer make an offer for a home, but also automatically increases the price by a certain interval up until a maximum amount. So this can be beneficial because it creates a little less back and forth, right? Keeps the buyer in the running if another offer comes in that's higher than that buyer's offer. So for example, if the seller receives an offer for $100,000 with an escalation up to, for example, I'm just gonna pull this out of my head, $120,000 in increments of $2,000 above a competing offer, are you with me still? Then, um, so that buyer would pay $100,000 if there are no other offers and the seller accepts his offer, right? Right. So that's just a regular, that functions as a regular offer. The escalation part comes in if there is a second buyer who, let's say in your example, submits an offer for $110,000. Okay, so that's $10,000 more than my original offer. Correct. Then the first buyer's offer automatically increases to $112,000. Because remember, they're increasing in increments of $2,000. Sure. So it goes $2,000 above the next offer. Mm -hmm. So now my original offer of $100,000 has become an offer of $112,000. And that continues to be the highest offer. If there are no other competing offers, the first buyer would then pay $112,000 for the house without having to submit another offer to the seller. Of course, this is going to get more complicated if that second buyer also has an escalation clause, but we won't get into that. No, we're not going to bother you with that, at least not today. (laughs) One downside of escalation clauses is that the buyers often feel like they're negotiating against themselves. I can see that. Right. Like, what if I could have offered in this scenario $111,000 instead? Right. You trade a little bit of that for the certainty of knowing that you're going to go up to And be amount. automatically considered because otherwise that buyer may say, oh, we'll just go with this other offer and not um, come back to you to ask for your best and final. Right. Okay. In general, it's important that you as agents continue to educate your clients on making competitive offers, both in terms of price, terms, and whether or not it's appropriate to escalate above their initial offer. Take it to the legal hotline. Kate, my client made a full price offer and it was declined. No. Yes. Doesn't the seller need to accept it? Also, no. No. (laughs) Uh, The seller does not need to accept it. We kind of touched on this earlier. The MLS is an invitation to submit offers, but it does not mean that by responding to the listing with the full price offer that your client will get the house. In fact, there could be a number of reasons that the seller goes with a different offer from a faster closing date to all cash offers. The hard part for buyers is that they will likely not understand why their offer was rejected, and they're really not entitled to that explanation, for better or for worse. Right. John. Yes. My seller wants to reject a full-price offer because it is from an older couple, and he wants a family to live in the house. He's willing to accept a lower price offer from a family. Can he do that? There are many reasons to reject offers. This ain't one of them, though. (laughs) Uh, It's not going to be okay in Virginia because it would violate fair housing laws. In Virginia, as I'm sure you all know, you cannot discriminate based on age. Elderliness is one of the protected classes here in the Commonwealth. So the seller does not need to accept a full price offer but he cannot engage in discrimination based on protected classes. You should caution him strongly against this, and if he won't relent, then you may need to consider withdrawing representation. You should definitely discuss this with your broker. All right, Kate. My client submitted an offer on a home 
the seller verbally accepted, and then another full-price offer came in. The seller now wants my client to up his offer to match the full-price offer. Can the buyer do this? Technically, you do not have a ratified contract until both parties have signed the contract. Although the seller verbally accepted, because he did not sign the contract, then there was not a ratified agreement. So he couldn't technically ask your client to match that offer or decide to go with another buyer. This really highlights the value of having a written acceptance. You want to make sure your buyer won't be pressured into upping his offer. Final question. I'm ready. Are you? No. Well, let's go anyway. If my client submits a full-priced, all-cash, no-contingency offer, seems like the best of the best, right? Right. Aren't I entitled to the commission listed in the MLS? That's not how this works. That's, That's not, not how any of this works. works. Uh, no. As, as you mentioned earlier, the MLS is an invitation to submit offers, not an actual offer. This means the seller actually needs to accept the offer. And just because your client submitted a full price, all cash, no contingency offer, that doesn't mean that it was actually the best offer that the seller received. You will not be entitled to commission. That's right. So, Kate, how can our agents limit their risk? Well, I'll answer the question myself. <laughs> the main way limit your risk is to manage expectations both for buyers and for sellers and the best way to do that is to have an upfront conversation for sellers you want them to understand how you've priced the house and that buyers may or may not make full priced offers for buyers you need them to understand that there are multiple factors that sellers look for in offers and price is just one of them ultimately there is no obligation to accept an offer even if it is at or even above asking price in a very competitive market, you also want to educate them that they may end up paying over asking price and that there is a value to escalation clauses. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab in the four members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. All of the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. To provide this general legal information on an as-is basis, we make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice... of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.